Welcome back to the Talking Thomas podcast, your podcast for all things Thomas and Friends, Shining Time Station, the Railway Series, etc. I'm Tony. And I'm Orion. And we're back with another Railway Series book review. Uh, We've made it all the way up to book number nine now, uh, which is Edward the Blue Engine, which, um, you know, it's... It's a nice railway series book in general. Uh, I can't say that it's one of my favorites, but I, I I enjoy it at least. It's it's an enjoyable set of stories, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, just uh, uh, in terms of a broad overview, I think uh, there are some um, some pretty good stories in here. Um, and uh, I would say if you've listened to our commentaries on the episodes that were adapted from this book for season two of Thomas, um, we talked actually particularly for those episodes, for some reason, we actually talked a lot about um, the adaptation aspect of those episodes versus the railway series. So um, some of this might be a a bit of repeat if you've listened to those, but, um, but that was quite some time ago. It was. Um, This, uh, this, this book is a, it's a good book. And I think it's, it's really, um, you know, it's just the Reverend doing what he did best, just telling great stories about um, one particular engine or a series of uh, engines. And, uh, you know, he really in his stride here, you know, kind of in the middle of, uh, in the middle of his early run, I guess you could say. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, It it is a good set of stories. And, uh, and that set of stories uh, starts out with cows, which, um, I, I think when we talked about the TV series, this wasn't really a favorite of either of ours, if I recall correctly. Uh, but as you said, it has been so long since we talked about it. It's a fine story. Uh, you know, uh, I think as a as, as a story, it works better than than as an adaptation, because, you know, in the adaptation, it's most of the five minute episode or sorry, four and a half minute episode. Most of that is spent on a bridge looking at either Henry, Gordon, and a cow. Um, whereas, you know, there are um, s- seven different pictures in, uh, in, the bu- in the Railway Series book version of cows. And so, you know, you see, you know, other angles and other things as well. Uh, and, you know, just I think, I think the story in general just works better as a book story rather than a tv series adaptation absolutely and this is something nice just about this book in general is that edward you know just uh kind of looking back here edward really hasn't had much of a role in any story um really significantly since um uh, since cole right um in in henry the green engine and even then pretty minor role so really not since no major role throughout a book since troublesome engines um so you know and that was quite some time ago so it's 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 quite interesting um it's nice that that the reverend was able to write four uh pretty solid stories for him um and that um unlike some of the other books where the the titular engine of the book isn't actually featured that prominently it just happens to be you know kind of the the catalyst for some of the other stories the other characters that we would meet um this particular one, every story is, is a pretty solid um, Edward story. So um, it's a, it's, it's nice in that aspect. Yeah, I, I agree. Definitely. Um, you know, and, and it is rather telling, I think that, as you say, unlike most of the other 
books that are named after characters that Edward does feature so prominently in the majority of these stories. Um, you know, with Edward being the first railway series character, um, I, I think it's just nice that the Reverend was able to come up with so many stories for him after, after about nine or 10 years uh, of, of the series. It's nice to see that Edward still has a prominent role. Um, now this, this story is, is based apparently, according to Christopher Audrey at least, is based on an incident that happened in South Africa when a herd of elephants charged a train um, and did, you know, uh, some damage to it. Uh, now, of course, Sodor being a off, just off the coast of Britain, uh, they wouldn't have elephants there. Uh, but because it is close to England, uh, there is a common issue in uh, Britain as a whole of sheep straying onto the line or, or other livestock, such as sheep or cows. And so uh, the Reverend made that work with, uh, you know, replacing the elephant with uh, a cow. Yeah, I mean, and and of course, he had already used the elephant element uh, for an earlier story. True. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, absolutely. So the um, next story is Birdie's Chase. Yes. Um, and that's a I think this is a great story. Um mm. And uh, it's probably my favorite story of this book, um, either this or the next story. And um, it's just uh, it's it's a lovely story. I love Birdie, um, and I I like this dynamic between uh, Thomas Edward and Birdie, uh, kind of the the interconnectedness of Edward's branch and Thomas's branch. Um, it's a nice little uh, nice little story. It is. Um... You know, and it, it, I, I also do like stories with Birdie in them. Uh, and I, I've always felt that this one and uh, Thomas and Birdie uh, go well together in the sense that it's, you know, Birdie racing an engine. Of course, in this one, it's not intentional on the part of the engine. It just, you know, it, it just so happens that no one, no one really communicated to Edward's driver or fireman that, uh, that Bertie would be taking Thomas's passengers. Yeah, I think this is a great way that uh, the Reverend was able to do another sort of race story, but without it feeling just like a rehash of the original Thomas and Bertie story. So I, he was clever in utilizing this idea for another Bertie story without, as I said, without it being a repeat. Exactly. Um, and, you know, of course, it's nice to see Bertie on another part of the island. It shows that... Um, you know, Bertie isn't just uh, part of Thomas's branch line. He travels all around Sodor. And so that's, that's quite nice. To, even though, you know, he is taking Thomas's passengers, uh, the fact that he connects to, um, you know, this part of the line, it's nice to see. So. Yeah, I do. I would also say this is probably one of Dolby's stronger books. Um, yes. Uh, particularly one illustration of uh, Bertie looking down on the line and we see the coast mm-hmm. um and then of uh, and then edward um you know trailing off in the distance so just some nice some nice little um touches here there's almost a um like a quality in these illustrations for this particular book where everything is almost kind of brown um or earth tone in in terms of the palette that Dolby used for this particular book, um, it's it, you quite and actually really he kind of carried that on through the rest of his books. 
um, that he illustrated. It's a f- quite a bit different from the vivid, bright color palette that he used in the earlier books, which which made the book so popular. But it's uh, it's quite interesting that as time went on, he kind of um, changed his style just a little bit. It, it's very interesting that you bring that up because you know with these being some of the first stories that were adapted for season two of the TV series, it's interesting that Dalby does have sort of a beige tint or sort of a brownish tint to uh, some of his illustrations in this book, uh, because I think we've made similar comments about most of season two, having sort of a either bay, uh, sort of brown or almost sepia tone at times. Right. I was actually thinking the exact same thing. Um, it's it, And again, the, the contrast between season one, which is, very bright, colorful um, in season two, even though they, they look closer in style than, say, season two and three. Right. Um, there's still a, quite a bit of a stylistic difference. Definitely. Um, now, this this story is is one of the few that the Reverend didn't really have to change anything for. It, it did occur. Uh, the exact location is unknown, although it is believed to have happened somewhere in Ireland. Uh, but apart from the location, the story happened almost exactly as it were. Um, there was a group of passengers whose train, um, you know, couldn't make it. So they had to take a bus, but no one informed of the train that they were trying to catch after the bus that that a bus would be bringing the passengers. And so the bus had to end uh, the bus driver ended up having to um, in stages chase down this train. So so the passengers could meet their connecting train. So, yeah, like I said, almost identical apart from location. Yeah. And, um, but yes. And then our next story is Saved from Scrap. Um, Mm -hmm. And this is, I mean, this is a good story and it's a great character. Um, Trevor is, uh, you know, really, um, it's it's actually quite interesting that two of the four stories here feature non rail characters prominently. Um, Yeah. And, uh, you know, previously, really the only non rail character that we had had any. Uh, interaction with was was birdie previously in um in uh in tank engine thomas again as well as terrence also in the same book so it's actually quite similar in that we're developing another uh an early character again in another book um and uh two of the stories focus on non-rail characters so uh quite similar to to tank engine thomas again I've I've always quite enjoyed Trevor as a character, and you know, even in the TV series, I love uh, Saved from Scrap. It's it's just a really good story in general. Um, you know, uh, there's not a lot that happens in it. It's just you know, Edward meets a traction engine who's due to be scrapped. Uh, Edward tells the vicar of Wellsworth about it, and then the vicar saves the or buys the traction engine to save it from scrap. Um, so, you know, it, despite the fact that not much really happens, and it's it's a very charming story, and I, I quite enjoy it. I enjoy Trevor as a character. He doesn't get very much to do, unfortunately, after this story. His uh, his stories are few and far between. Um, but uh, you know, this this was a nice introduction to uh, to 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 a character that becomes somewhat of a background character from here on out. Yeah, absolutely, and it's, it's also the first time, really, that we see um, that we see the Reverend using a vicar as a plot point. Um, 
which yes. of course he would later use by you know including himself of course um and mm-hmm. teddy boston in later stories but uh but we have the vicar again in buzz buzz and you know, some other stories too so i always gonna say the vicar of wellsworth pops up every now and then and uh you know he's he's a fun character to you know check in with every now and then but uh uh now this story again is very much based on uh on a real life incident in that there was a uh i i guess the reverend lived near a, another uh member of the clergy who bought a traction engine yeah uh, that was going to be sent to the scrapyard unless someone bought it and so really he just took that real life experience and uh, did what he does best write a uh write a story about it so, and, you know, I, I think that that's kind of cool, but, um, yeah, I, I do like the inclusion of the Vicar of Wellsworth here. Um, it's, it's one of the first times that aside from Mrs. Kindly in, um, Toby, the tram engine and Jeremiah Jobling in James, the red engine, it's one of the first times that we have a major human character. That's not the fat controller or one of the engine crew um and, and unlike jeremiah Joblin, um the vicar of wellsworth would pop up from time to time so uh but yes a very good story and then we head of course into uh the final story old iron which is something of a fan favorite story uh the tv series adaptation of course is one of the most beloved episodes of season two, not without reason, but you know, I, I don't mind the story at all. It's a fine story. I, I can't say that it's my favorite. I actually rather prefer uh, the previous two stories, but um, old iron it's, it's a decent story. Yeah. I would say I agree with you. I, I, I prefer birdie chase probably, um, or even say from scrap um, more than this story. Um, but uh it certainly provided great material for the TV series. Um, this is, it's again, it's, it's nice. Uh, James, he seemed to find a lot of material for James just to pop up here and there in, in other books. So um, James wasn't the focus. So Gordon, the big engine with leaves. Um, and then uh, James's um, minor role in Toby, the tram engine in dirty objects, of course. Uh, so you know, he kept having James pop up here and there in various stories Um and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a nice. Uh, it's a nice story, and I, I think it's once it's nice to see James and Edward interacting um, since they're quite similar in style of lo- of engine uh, of locomotive and uh, really the first time that they've had a whole lot of interaction since uh, James at the top hat. It is, yeah, and it, it's interesting the point you bring up that, that the Reverend found ways for James to keep popping up, because you know how the TV series over the last, like, I want to say 15 or so years has really tried to promote Thomas Percy and James as main characters of the show. I mean, a lot of the merchandising, starting with the soft reboot of season eight, um, you know, featured James heavily. It's almost like uh, this, it kind of subtly started in the Railway series because we do get quite a bit of James throughout the series, even where he technically, you know, I, I mean, obviously 
it made sense within the context of the story for him to be there. But, um, you know, it uh, and it works, but there's there's just he just seems to pop up everywhere. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's almost like uh, this was part of the inspiration for, you know, the later TV series promoting James as a main character. But uh, I mean, obviously, there are multiple main characters of the railway series and the TV series. But, uh, you know, yeah, uh, there, um, and there yeah. are some nice illustrations in this story as well. Like we like I was saying previously, uh, Dolby really is uh, is did some good work for this book. One particular illustration mm-hmm. I like is the illustration in the, in on the inside of the signal box. Um, uh, yes. Whenever they're uh, the fireman is, is talking to the signalman. Uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a nice, uh, nice illustration. And then also from the ground level, looking up at Edward next to the signal box, the following illustration is quite nice. And then of course the end illustration is actually the, the cover for the book. Um, and that's a nice, that's a nice cover. Mm-hmm. We commented in, in some previous uh, episodes on you know, whether the cover, the choice of cover illustration was suitable or not. But I, I do feel that this was um, a good, a good illustration since it shows Edward relatively prominently. Um, and, uh, and of course he's smiling and it's, it's a nice, it's a nice, uh, you know, it's a nice illustration to be the cover of the book. Yeah. I, I like this. Uh, I like this as an illustrate as the illustration cover for the book. And, to me, it's very reminiscent, at least somewhat reminiscent, rather, of the cover of Henry the Green Engine, because uh, although, of course, the background is different, Edward and Henry are in almost the same pose. Uh, Edward's almost in the same pose as Henry was on the cover of Henry the Green Engine. So, uh, yeah, but um, that inside shot of the signal box that you were talking about a moment ago, that is really well detailed. Um Dolby did some fantastic work. I know he gets uh, kind of a bad rap uh, quite a bit of the time, but he actually did do uh, some really good illustrations, um, particularly that Signalbots one, which, you know, it looks very much like a real Signalbots would. I mean, I um, if, if you've ever seen any of the Railway Roundabout episodes, um, which most of them are available on YouTube, I think, uh, there are several shots taken from inside of the signal bots that look quite similar to that. And so, uh, yeah, um, this, this story was, uh, mentioned first in the daily express and then the railway Gazette, Um, and it, again, pretty much word for word, exactly what happened. Uh, but actually happened in America. Uh, so the Reverend found a story that happened in America. Um, not, terribly far from my own hometown um i before moving about a year and a half ago i lived in illinois and uh the incident in question happened in the town of alton illinois which is a couple of hours away from where i lived Hmm. so yeah so i thought that was kind of cool um and i think that it closes out this the ending of this story closes out the book quite nicely because uh, you know at the beginning of the uh, just flipping back to the beginning of cows for a second um you know it, it mentions that edward was growing old and you know that he was beginning to clank and make noises and such as that and you know it's it's another one of these 
Butts that has a subtle arc to it. Uh, you know, it, it seems like just four separate stories, uh, but there's sort of a subtle arc to it in that, you know, by the end, after rescuing James, uh, Edward is sent to the works and uh, his, his issues with planking are fixed. Um, which, you know, it's, it's nice to have another, uh, a more subtle arc than some of the previous books where, where the arc is more obvious. Uh, you know, I, I kind of like uh, the subtlety of the arc through Edward the Blue. Anthem. Absolutely, I agree. I think um, I, I love that line. It'll be lovely not to clank, uh, which is Edward's last line of the book. Um, it's just a, it's a mm. great, uh, it's just a very good, uh, like you said, it's, it's a good arc and it's a great way to bookend the beginning and the ending of the of the overall book with within those two stories um one line i did uh, just want to comment on i think is uh you know quite mm. interesting of course um representative of the era in which that this, this book was written but uh there's a line here just after that it, it'll be lovely not to clank uh in at the end of old iron here where uh the reverend writes the two naughty boys were soon caught by the police and their father their fathers walloped them soundly um, so it's a very, uh, very non PC world we're in, um, at that time, of course, but, uh, it's, a yes, very representative of, of the era and, and not much different from any other children's literature at that time, but, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's just qu- quite interesting relic of that era. It, it's, it is very of its time. I will agree to that. Um, I, I, and I, and I will admit that that line has, that that line did catch me off guard as I was, you know, rereading it. Um, and I was like, oh, wow, I don't remember that being part of the story, but okay. Um, but yeah, it, that's interesting. I mean, but we've had other instances of that uh, throughout uh, the past nine books where, you know, they, as, as as timeless as these stories are, parts of them are also very dated, you know, Um but I think that's one of the things that makes the Railway Series unique in that it has, it still, re, it, it still retains that almost timeless quality while still having a few dated references. Um, so yes, uh, so Edward the Blue Engine, on the whole, uh, really good book. Again, I can't say that it's one of my favorites necessarily, but um, <clears throat> it definitely has some really good stories, uh, particularly... Uh, I really enjoy Birdie's Chase and Saved from Strap. Old Iron is a fine story, but I think it's slightly overrated. And Cows is just kind of okay. Yeah, I would I would rank them um, similarly. I would say I would say I would rank the Birdie's Chase, uh, Saved from Scrap, Old Iron, and uh, Cows. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so those are our thoughts on Edward the Blue Engine. Um, so thank you all very much for listening. Uh, let's let us know your thoughts on Edward the Blue Engine. Um, which stories did you like? Um, which uh, you know, what, what did you think of Dalby's illustrations and such as that? Um, just any feedback would be appreciated. You can find us all kinds of places: uh, Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Talking Thomas Pod, uh, Twitter at talking thomas one and then uh, you can listen to this podcast and previous podcasts on 
all sorts of places such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, I want to say Stitcher, Spotify, uh, and of course, our home is Anchor. Um, So thank you all once again for listening, and uh, we shall see you next time.